Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance, the Spirit of Business. This is your host, Casey Rossi. I'm a business coach who helps wellness professionals who struggle with being visible online, making a consistent income, and burnout. I help them develop a noteworthy brand, a strategic marketing plan, and create online courses so they can reach more people, work fewer hours, and live abundantly. I believe that what we do in the world has the power to transform not only others, but ourselves in the process. This podcast is meant to help you develop and build the business of your dreams and cultivate a world where every woman has the confidence and resources to step up and step into her unique divine essence. Business doesn't have to be hard. Sales doesn't have to be sleazy. And you don't need to be an extrovert to be a marketer. I'm going to show you how to build a business that creates joy, helps you make an impact, and increases your income. Are you with me? I'm a big believer that we're stronger together. The famous African proverb says it takes a village to raise a child, and it totally applies to our businesses as well. Our business is a reflection of who we are. We birth it, we nurture it as a separate entity, we watch it grow and get strong, and we celebrate when it flourishes. My hope is that you catch a spark of enthusiasm to gain momentum in your business. The world needs your spirit, and I can't wait to see you shine. I'm Casey Rossi, and this is Women Developing Brilliance, the spirit of business. Today, we are going to be talking about business niches. Niche or niche is a hot topic for big and small business owners alike, and for good reason. I know a lot of people get stuck here thinking that they have to get this right in order to have any kind of momentum in their business, so I thought it would be a great topic to dive in on with you. I know it can be maddening to try to pick your niche, let alone whittle it down to a specific target audience. Before we go too deep right off the bat, let's define what a niche is. Wikipedia says that a niche market is a subset of the market on which a specific product is focused. My favorite and I think the most simple definition is having specific appeal. Because when you think of it like that, it's so much easier to focus in on people buying specific solutions, not general ones. So I really like that definition, having specific appeal. So in order to do that, you need to be clear on a couple of things. The problem that you solve, so your specific solution, and who you're solving it for, so the specific person or category. Sounds pretty simple in theory, right? So there is a wide array of niches, and the one thing that resonates with me is that niches are not found, they're created. So I want you to hear that again. Niches are not found, they're created. So they range from broad to narrow, much like our planet's ecosystem. I'm a little bit of a science geek, so you're going to hear me make some metaphors in this podcast. I hope you don't mind. I think it's a great way to learn when you're looking at it through the lens of a different industry, because sometimes we can get so close to our own stuff that it's hard to see the forest through the trees. So interestingly enough, and not surprising, nature is our greatest teacher, and species tend to fall into either a narrow niche that is specific and limited, and also interestingly enough, they are thought of as specialists. So an example of that is the giant panda, and they're considered a specialist. 
They only live in a few mountain ranges in China at very specific elevations, and they live only on wild bamboo. So they're known to be some of the pickiest eaters in the world. Pretty cool. A broad niche is less specific and also known as generalists. And an example of that in nature is the Colorado beetle, and they live all across North America and Europe. They eat potatoes and other widespread crops, and they actually have the potential to be pests for farmers. And so I wanted to give you this example that has nothing to do with business because when you look at this example, it helps to understand that a narrow niche is more interesting, special, specific, attention-drawing, right? And a general or a broad niche is run-of-the-mill, common, and leads toward boring and even annoying. And because you're listening to this podcast, I know that you strive to be anything but boring. Let's apply the narrow and broad niche concept to entrepreneurs. So I work with a lot of wellness professionals. And so I want to put this in context for a general aromatherapist. So essential oil therapy has increasingly become popular. And an example of a broad niche would be a general aromatherapist, someone who tries to be all things to all people. And this may be reflected, and most of the time it is, in what they sell, which would look like everything in their line from a diaper rash bomb to a bug spray to a cold and flu inhaler. So if we flip that and we look at that same aromatherapist who is now going to narrow her niche and become a specialist, you would see that after she has spent some time focusing in and some research and development and maybe determined her segment in her ideal target audience, maybe she whittles it down to managing menopause, right? So helping women manage some of the symptoms like night sweats and hot flashes and mood swings and irritability, right? Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But it's a need and it's a problem and it's something that she can go deeper in and not wider. So with that example, you can see how the general aromatherapist may get faster or more immediate results because in general, there's usually someone in the eco-friendly or plant-positive lifestyle that needs something she's offering, be it an all-natural counter cleaner or a cocoa butter lip balm, right? You get the idea. But in my opinion, that's not quite sustainable, and I'm going to get deeper into that. But where with the specialist, she can start carving a lane for herself and defining herself as the expert in her field by writing articles that support women over 50 and how essential oils can help support her target audience in the crone stage of their life. And there are so many people needing help for this. So with a narrow niche, there is less competition. And to me, it's the fastest way to stand out in a crowded marketplace. It also helps to position yourself as an expert. So I want you to think of it as a big fish in a little pond versus a little fish in a big pond. And you might be thinking, Casey, yeah, but if I am in a small pond... Will there be enough clients for a sustainable business? And that's a great question, and there's no blanket answer. However, I want to quell the fear that you may have if you narrow your niche. Will it be too narrow? Will you not reach your big audience or have the impact that you want or hit your income goals? And I want to just let you know that when you have that narrower niche, 
it takes less time to dominate your market segment and it saves on your budget since you're not trying to compete with the masses, be it Facebook ads or Google keywords and things like that. I'm going to go into a couple examples because I think it's going to really help you understand and maybe dispel some of the fear that you might have if you narrow your niche or how narrow is too narrow. So I'm going to get into that with a couple of examples, but I also want to stop here for a minute and talk a little bit about keywords since I mentioned that you could save by being a narrower niche. So I want to just point out that it's important to research and test your niche before carving it out in stone. So again, niches are not forced or found, but they're created. So I definitely want to say, do the legwork, see what's being searched in Google and at what rate. So what I mean is if there are too many searches, it's a sign that it's a pretty good kind of signpost that that area is too general. So going back to the aromatherapy example, if you searched aromatherapy for stress in Google, for example, what's going to come up is that 38 million people also search that keyword on a daily basis. And that is a glaring sign that the niche is too broad and you're going to get swallowed up. If you put aromatherapy for menopause success, you're going to see about 78,000 other people have searched that as well. It's a more narrow audience, which means they have a more specific problem that they need help solving. So there's less people that are dominating that space, which gives the solopreneur a better launching pad to be that person that is the carved out expert in their lane. I hope that's making sense. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Business Thrive, a step-by-step business building online course. Thrive Business Thrive takes you from a concept to paying clients in just 16 weeks. If you're tired of doing it alone and trying to piece together your business by watching one YouTube tutorial after another and following multiple experts, it's time to plug into a tried and true plan. Thrive Business Thrive focuses on results, increasing your impact, and moreover, establishing the foundation needed for a thriving business. To learn more about Thrive Business Thrive, your blueprint to create a flourishing business, visit caseyrossi.com slash thrive. That's caseyrossi.com slash thrive. So I want to also put a little footnote here because I know that one of the things that can happen is fear of not doing it right or the kind of perfectionism, which leads to procrastination. And I don't want you to fall down the rabbit hole here. I don't want you to obsess on the numbers. I just want you to kind of have a loose guide as a tool. Okay, can we agree on that? All right, so I told you that I was gonna give you some real life examples of how narrowing niches has made people successful, right? So one of my colleagues, Krista Beck, used keywords when she was just starting out as a dating and relationship coach years ago. Through research, the word boyfriend was surprisingly being underused. And so she so brilliantly chose to target everything from her messaging to her marketing to her blog post titles all around the word boyfriend. In fact, the whole brand was Love Your Boyfriend. 
She dominated the space and over time started building powerful search engine optimization juice, which is a good thing. She was starting to come up lickety split when people were researching the term boyfriend and dating and relationship experts. And in turn, she grew her business and built up a really strong clientele because of that strategy. In fact, if that's interesting to you, I interviewed Krista for one of the episodes and you can head over to caseyrossi.com slash blog and search for either Krista Beck or The Love Radar to check it out. All right, so a second example is a subscription-based service called Harry's. So Harry's provides quality men's grooming and shave supplies. Everything from their name to their marketing appeals to men interested in improving their appearance. They even give back 1% of their sales for organizations that are redefining masculinity for the better. Isn't that brilliant? So I want you to think about it for a second. Do you think that their razors only work on men? Is there some secret formula in their shave cream that only softens beard hairs for a closer shave? Of course not. But if they came out as a general razor company, who do you think that they would be competing with? So they would be competing with Gillette, who owns 54% of the market share of razors. And they would be, you guessed it, the small fish in the big pond. So a little side note, since they launched about five years ago, they saw an increase in female interest in their product. And I have to admit that I am a proud subscriber because, not that I'm a dude, obviously, but because I really like their mission and they don't test their products on animals, which was really, really important to me. So however, they are not just going to add a razor with a pink candle on it and call it a day to meet that need that they started recognizing of female market interest. They are actually opening up a sister company called Flamingo, specifically targeted to the female audience. I hope that you're seeing a pattern here and why it's effective. So fact or fiction, do you need to narrow your niche? I believe it's a fact and here's why. When I started as a business coach, I started broad, like a generalist. I had years of experience from a brick and mortar company, which many of you know, I ran with my bestie for 17 years. And then I got into digital marketing and I didn't quite have a strong direction on what I wanted to specialize in. I knew that I had a lot of experience with business. And so I thought that natural next step would be helping other people build their own businesses. So, which was cool. I got clients and mainly from word of mouth, mainly from the results that I had created in my own life, right? So I had hit over seven plus figures from creating something from nothing. So in the beginning, I started getting clients based on my personal past experience, which is great. You have to absolutely start somewhere. But I absolutely was constantly marketing, writing, feeling like I was chasing business. I don't know if you can relate to that but it can get really exhausting. I then decided to narrow down to supporting female entrepreneurs instead of all entrepreneurs. So I was getting a little bit more specialized. And then time went on and I narrowed down to female entrepreneurs in wellness professions because ever since I was young, I have had such a love for holistic modalities and the plant world and 
really treating ourselves holistically with natural remedies versus popping an Advil for a headache. So I really wanted to be in that community. I really love and gravitate towards people that love and gravitate towards the wellness profession, right? Like begets like. So I was starting to get a little bit warmer and increasing my client base and really starting to feel like I was able to craft content a little bit easier and write my sales pages a little bit easier because I could really focus in on that person a little clearer, on that ideal client avatar with more precision. So I felt like I was getting a little bit warmer. Then I narrowed down to targeting female entrepreneurs in wellness professions, mindful of not burning out. And that was cool because now all of a sudden I was not necessarily targeting the startup entrepreneur, which as you can start to see, I was slowly creating a little bit more of a Not a seasoned entrepreneur, so to speak, but someone that wasn't like from zero to year one, but I was starting to progress more into that entrepreneur that was like year one to year three, really wanting to gain some traction. And maybe they themselves had experienced some burnout or some adrenal fatigue, and they really wanted a way to spiritually connect to their work. They were resonating with my message of work is worship and how can we have a sustainable business that's also joyful. So you can start to see how this ball of clay of being a general business coach started taking shape. And this is over some time. So in all honesty, this is probably over a three-year time span going from general ball of clay to whittling it down and whittling it down and watching it take shape and watching it gain interest and watching it get some traction and momentum. So The current iteration, which was my last whittle down, (laughs) is that targeting female entrepreneurs in wellness professions, mindful of not burning out, but also interested in creating online courses to cultivate a passive income stream. So you can see how this has narrowed it down even more. The who is very specific. The what is very specific right? And I really feel like the minute I let go of the thought that it was too narrow is when I truly became a firm believer that defining and refining your niche is crucial in business. And you may be asking like, why? And for me, very concretely, because now I have a full client roster. I have a digital asset of my own because I needed to walk my talk before I could guide others to do so. People are clear on the problem that I solve, right? Because previously, I almost looked like a Jane of all trades, right? Because there was so many things that I could say, I can help you with that and I can help you with this. So people became more clear on the problem that I helped solve. And think about it. I am much easier to refer than a general business coach right? And that's what I want for you as well. I want you to succeed. And to me, getting really clear on who you are and who you serve and how you help them solve a specific problem is going to not only help you accomplish your goals, but it's going to be a faster process as well. So like I said, otherwise you're going to run the risk of trying to be a Jane of all trades and a master of none. And when you apply that to business, your message becomes diluted And it's much more difficult to be a rising star amongst a sky full of constellations. So my friend, 
tap into the world of being in a place of abundance and having that lack and limitation mindset released. Do your research and see what arises for you and your specific skill set and passion and shine bright as I know you can. All right. Thanks for listening. I can't wait to connect with you next week. Until then, breathe joy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.